The Mets went fishing, but couldn't reel in a sweep on Sunday against the Marlins. You I like don't that even one, know Ficky? why you tried dad humor. It's I, awful. I, my dad jokes are mediocre. Terrible. We break down the series win in Miami, Scherzer's timetable, potential Mets all-stars, and take a trip to the Cookie Carrasco Spanish Academy. That's right. Cookie teaches me uh, Spanish. We also go to Figgy's Fables as well. And we are joined by Mets reliever Adam Adavino. All that more is coming your way next on Amazing But True from the New York Post. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Do you believe it? Do you believe in miracles? Yes. So don't sit here and call out the players who are busting their ass trying to win games. They no, teased they, us. They teased themselves. They're teasing us. They didn't tease they you. Sweet. No, look at my brass cojones because I throw the ball. You like that, Spanish Academy? You can't. Talk to talk and not walk to walk and then expect everybody to be okay with it. That's all. You want to know how real fan I am? I took out a personal load to go to the playoffs in 2015. If you're a real fan, a real fan, you say, so what? I've done enough scoreboard watching. The only scoreboard that matters is the one that's in front of our face. Next week is probably going to be an intervention. So let's talk about it next on Amazing But True. Ooh, welcome back to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post, back in our palatial, updated and upgraded studios. We will be eating chicken parm off of this. That's the P word we're going with. The bottle of vino, uh, maybe eggplant, maybe veal, maybe shrimp parm. It has to be Italian with this red cloth, because when I spill the sauce, inevitably, it'll just... Blend right in. Or the so, bottle of Aravino. Uh, oh, <laughs> that's right. Adam Aravino will join. That's how it's Look done. at that. He's taking my job here as the lead <laughs> host. It's Jake Brown with former Matt Nelson Figueroa here. Follow us on Twitter at Amazing But True. And subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Adam Aravino we spoke with on the field on Monday. He will join us, Figgy, and it's like the Amazing But True curse. We will also have Cookie Carrasco, hurts his back. We have Adam Adovino, blows the game on Sunday. I mean, we, we just can't win here, but we will still play the interview <laughs> because Adam Adovino was fantastic Friday. He's been great all year out of the bullpen, and he had one blip in the radar after Luis Guillorme was making a catch that I'm still salivating over, and then the home run comes right off of it. Unfortunate, Nick Fortes, 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 uh, that is his four. Cortez is to hit a walk-off homer. I'll be here all week. (laughs) Um, But Figgy, Adovina's been great anyway. We'll talk to him in a little bit. But, you know, unfortunate. But I think with the good news to come out of the weekend, they won another series. We kind of throw those Astros games out the window. Those were ugly, but it's the Astros. They're a really good team. David Peterson, fantastic. And you take a series and just keep winning series at this point. Yeah, you would be remiss to complain 
so much about what's going on. They're still ahead in the division. The Braves are starting to cool off a little bit. They're getting some help from some other teams as well, but I think overall, it wasn't their finest week of baseball. You know, they weren't tearing the cover off the ball, but they had some timely hits. Um, still playing very high-level competitive baseball, having a chance to win each and every single game. The Marlins, you've got to take advantage. The schedule is lined up so good for them with the Marlins right now. It's kind of like what the Yankees had early in the season with Baltimore Orioles, where they're going to be having 11 games, 11 of the next 21 games were against the Marlins. So that gives them a really good opportunity to not only stay atop of the division, but try and put some space between them and the Braves. I really don't have any complaints. Honestly, Adovino gives up the home run on a slider that didn't slide, and guy took a big old hack where it wasn't big even, old hack. It wasn't even close <laughs> to the plate. It wasn't like he left it over the middle of the plate. The ball was inside at his face. Mm-hmm. It was more of a oh my god, this ball's gonna hit me in the face, and he swung and winds up hitting the game winning home run. So those things happen. Uh, move on and get prepared for the next series. And uh, you know, still looking for things to turn around as far as you know health wise. You get Scherzer having another outing and hopefully coming back after that one. And, uh, you know, Jake is still steadily on the mend and uh you know when we find out what's really wrong with mcgill or what the plan is with mcgill we'll see uh you know how this rotation will shape up going into july you're getting ahead of ourselves here we're just talking about the whole show ahead there's all my teeth they're all gone now scherzer who didn't want to be a rumble pony i want to be in the big leagues not be a rumble pony he will be for at least one more start so he'll have to get the jersey that he might have threw in the fire after the first start and realize he's gonna have one more so you know there is a chance we see max scherzer back on sunday now we'll see how they play it it's either sunday against the texas rangers who are in a somewhat of a playoff race in a weak al west in second place might see him sunday or you see him fireworks go off in cincinnati chili's being had skyline chili's had fireworks are going off mid wow (laughs) fighting words there's cincinnatians listen to this show like turning it off immediately after you call in their chili mid. Uh, I still need to have it to confirm, but mid chili, maybe mid fireworks, but not mid ace Max Scherzer potentially on the mound. But ideally we'd like to see him Sunday. You pack that place, maybe sell it out on Sunday the third and have Max Scherzer's big return at city field. But listen, out he said after the game, I don't want to lose the game for the team. Personally, it's nothing. It's a blip, a bump in the road. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to lose sleep over it individually and, quote and we'll talk with him in a little bit but just a class act a new yorker we love new yorkers on our team we love guys that know about that new york grit you know he was a yankee fan growing up as he says and was a yankee but we're glad to have him here despite that one blip but again who do we trust out of the pen the pen keeps telling us you need to get another arm it's a weekly discussion on this show that you need to get another arm but the good news, as we said, David Peterson. And this is incredible what he's doing. Now, we were there Monday. Shout out to Ebbs Brewing Co. We did the live show there. He tossed five and a third of shutout frames on Monday. Mm-hmm. Then he goes out and tosses seven innings, two runs, eight strikeouts, no walks, four hits on Sunday. And, Figgy, what makes this more amazing is that both of these starts are him awaiting a call in between innings for the birth of his first child. <laughs> I mean, what's going on in his brain where he's going out and pitching well? And listen, both of them came against the Marlins, who stink. But there's no, some professional hitters in that lineup. And Birdie, that SOB, which basically Keith called him on the air. The hot mic got him essentially whispering, uh, we got to find the exact thing that he said, but I think he said that son of a bitch or something. You know, I know they both came against the Marlins, but this is a strong sign because, like he said, we don't know when McGill's going to be back. We expect it to be in August, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. even September. Peterson's in this rotation when Scherzer comes back. 
And then, you know, you hope you get DeGrom back, but that's not going to be till maybe after the All-Star break. So these are big starts for David Peterson, and he is stepping up to the plate when they need him with distractions going on in his mind. Oh, yeah, that's the toughest part, right? But the reason I think he's doing so well is he's working so quickly. He's... <laughs> Just in case something happens during the game, he's, he's been, like, "Get me off this field and out of this he's, stadium." He's been a joy. He's, he's been a joy to watch in that aspect because he's not taking so much time in between pitches. It's not like remember the days of Stephen Matz having to go through that whole big routine of you know catch the ball, you know move the hat, and then put the glove out, and then get the sign, and then say yes. He had to be so methodical with his stuff. Peterson has uh, you know I, I've always liked what Peterson brings to the table. It's not plus plus stuff across the board, but he's able to move the ball around the strike zone change locations his command with his off-speed stuff is really really good and that's what keeps him you know as a viable starter at the major league level is that he does compete and continues to go out there and if you're facing the same team the more a team sees you the more the other team has the advantage uh, as a pitcher you start losing those tricks that you can do normally where you you know sometimes you pitch backwards sometimes you pitch you know, you know purely fast balls up and out of the zone and then all of a sudden now you have to try and pitch in on these guys so the more that uh, team gets used to what you're able to do you start running out of ways to get them out but you know that's something that you you kind of keep watching with David Peterson how the league makes you know adjustments to him McGill was very similar to that you know started out his career hit the ground running seven straight starts of unbelievableness where you were comparing him to some of the all time greats and then four or five starts later you're like um this guy's got a six era so and he's doing that again that's where the one problem with mcgill is you got to see and now it's a health issue but peterson is a breath of fresh air taiwan walker has been outstanding bassett you know is, is again being as steady as possible he had a little blip there as well once he got the extension but you know and carrasco's been good just a rough start obviously hurt his back so nothing you can really do about that but you know, we thought he might hit the IL. He's back immediately against the Astros. Another funky two-game series with two days off. I don't know who made the schedule. I mean, you'll take the days off and the dog days mm -hmm. of summer, although I'd rather have those days off in September. Oh, absolutely. And then we, we talked with uh, Carrasco, you know, about his health, and that was one of the biggest things last year is that he had this elbow issue that he wanted to try and pitch through. He went from the hamstring, you know, the, that wouldn't heal. Then he comes back and he's trying to pitch with the – with, with the elbow issue, gets the procedure done in the offseason. He says he feels like new now, and he's been competing like the old Carlos Carrasco that we're used to seeing. He's putting up very similar numbers to his career numbers. Well, let's correct that, because I think you were talking to him in Spanish on the side, and me and Hartz were standing there on the field <laughs> like, can we translate... Was that the conversation in Spanish that was happening before he laughed at you know, me attempting Spanish that we'll play in a little bit? Is that what was happening in that conversation? Yeah. At first, he asked me, was I with the team again? And I said, no, I was not. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I told him that I was there with the podcast and I was asking him, you know, I said, you know, I know ever since the you know procedure on your elbow, I go, how are you feeling? He said, oh, my God, it's night and day. It's night and day. Like his velocity is up. Back in the 94 range, you see the command of his changeup is there, the command of all his pitches, really, and he's been very, very sharp. Remember last year was the first inning, Cookie Carrasco. If you could get past that first inning And that's what happened to him in damage, Houston. He got rocked. Yep, yeah. that's how it happens. The first inning is where they seem to get to him. And so, you know, every now and then you, you take a one on the chin and you got to figure out how to regroup and, and make sure that that's not something that becomes a pattern. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back. And just to follow up, Keith Hernandez called John Birdie a nasty little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keith did not know the mic was on because I listened to the audio and he was like whispering it. It's almost like he didn't know or he was referring to maybe a text he got or like something. <laughs> I don't know who he's referring to. I'm hoping it was Birdie and no one else. Uh, but yes, Keith unhinged. And how about Sunday? I didn't even realize you had to have a subscription. It wasn't like Apple TV mm -hmm. for Peacock. 
with Cliff Floyd, who actually I enjoyed listening to him and some of his stories on Sunday. Luckily, I have Peacock because I did the three-month free trial to watch Bel Air on there. <laughs> Only got through a couple episodes, didn't even finish it. You know, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, the new show that they did. I don't know if you heard about it, uh, Figgy. You've been. Uh, you, you do realize the Fresh Prince of Bel Air is my time, right? Yeah, that is my time. No, it's <laughs> mine, not yours. <laughs> Whose time is it? Vote below. Uh, speaking of vote, we will have a vote for Mets All Stars. Yes, and one of those guys who should be there is Pete Alonso, who got his should be 69th RBI. On is that right? Very nice milestone for him to hit. And McNeil's another guy. McNeil, who will be back likely on Tuesday against the Astros, when the Mets got to face Valdez and then Justin Verlander. You want to talk about All Stars? They'll be facing at least Who's one Valdez, Framber Valdez, 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 Framber Valdez. Framber. Why do you say it that way? Isn't it Framber Valdez? What am I saying? Do you hear it? Is it Framber Valdez? Yeah, it's, Is very, that better? it's a very short sound. Framber Valdez. Valdez, yes. All right, that's the Val- Spanish Academy this Valdez. week. Valdez. Valdez. That is, that is the white men can't jump version of saying Valdez. <laughs> the plane of the V's. Valdez and Verlander. Yeah. Coming to a, a killer, theater the near you. Bees. Used the to be the Killer V's in Houston, now yes, the Killer V's. Killer V's this week. So a lot of all stars and. You know, the Mets, let's talk about this. All-Star Hollywood swinging Tuesday, July 19th in L.A. I'm hoping to go. Still waiting to see if I'll be there or not. But either way, Pete Alonso is the first guy. Right now he's in second place behind Paul Goldschmidt. Figure that probably lines up. I think Alonso, we hope he wins MVP. Goldschmidt's killing it. You know, average-wise, he's been better. But those are probably the top two. So if Alonso's not starting... He definitely deserves to be a backup at the very least. Oh, yeah. No, he's going to play, and if, if he doesn't start, so be it. But he is going to represent the New York Mets as, a, as an all-star. Um, you got several other candidates. I mean, McNeil still up there in batting average. I know he's, you know, the injuries and things of that nature. He's McNeil not- right now is third behind Jazz Shism and Ozzy Albies, who's hurt. So in that case, he would be Jazz Shism's backup. Correct. So he would make it as well. Yeah, as so, and you keep going down the list. You got uh, Lindor, who's having a, a nice bounce back season. Third place behind Turner and Swanson, yeah. oh. as of last week's votes. This is so he might have passed him, but third place. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, outfield. You look at big acquisition for the Mets was Marte. And by the way, Lindor probably deserves it a little bit more, as he's almost going to pass his RBI from last year. But Swanson is three hundred four, thirteen, and forty three coming into Monday. So average wise, he's better Marte as you said fourth place behind Betts Acuna and Jock Peterson so Marte would be in the all-star would game you as not a take fourth place behind those three guys oh gladly you know what I mean so but it's I, a lot of I, backups here you know Canna's in seventh place behind Marte Soto Duvall so if there's an injury maybe even Mark Canna makes the all-star so you have the top record in the National League and you're talking about having four backups maybe and the Diaz will game. be the one starter he'll be the closer probably right. who cares though I mean right like it shows that this team we don't need starting superstar players Alonzo and Lindor have played that way yep if there's better hitters in the NL, so be it. The NL has been far better than the AL. The NL has been dominant this year, and it's going to make for a tough postseason. You're seeing that just by the ballot of the All-Stars, all these guys that are getting higher voting who are playing as well as these Mets are. Yeah, and, and that's you see a lot of the National League teams, too, the streaks that they're going on, they're, they're, these winning streaks. They, they get hot at the right time, and then all of a sudden you can see 
organizations just rethinking the whole thing. Oh, do we go younger? Do we make trades? Oh, well, hold on. Now we're only you know four and a half games back. So you, very competitive baseball where in the beginning of the season it was like, oh, you know, the, the National League East is left for dead. The Mets are running away with it. Now, you know, they're starting to play a lot better baseball all the way around. And the All-Star game is going to be a, a chance for the Mets to be seen. And you'll see enough of the Mets playing in whatever kind of roles they are. I don't care if it's a backup role. You can only have nine starters for that day. Uh, that's like the opening day starter thing, the big controversy we used to have. I'm not worried about that. I'm just thinking that it's nice to have more than one guy who is just a token franchise player that, that they would take every year. That's what you normally see like from you know those lowly teams like the Pirates and things like that. Yeah, and you, and you also see Alonzo in the home run derby, which he's embraced very much. Mm-hmm. And in Hollywood, I mean, on, on the big stage where he makes more it's money in one night dollars. than he makes all year. It's a million dollars. Why I wouldn't mean, you? Uh, this year, he'll make $7.4 million. So this year, he's finally <laughs> worked his way up. And it's amazing. The Mets still have two more years of arbitration of Pete Alonso where they're going to be paying far less than what he would make on the open market. But let's go through it. Pete Alonso, hey, now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. It's like Smash Mouth wrote it for the all-star game. Uh, next up, Francisco Lindor. Third place, good enough for me. Hey, now, you're a rock star. Get the show on. Get paid. Jeff McNeil with Ozzy Albee's Hurt. Sing it, hearts. Oh, the glitter is gold. Only shooting stars break the mold. Will you just tell us Hearts, can you sing Hey Now You're an All-Star for Jeff McNeil? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> oh, stick to the drums then. You know, sing. So, Lindor, Charling Marte. Mm-hmm. Can you sing it for me? Apparently he's an all-star. Can you say, hey now? No. I, I already said that in the beginning of this whole set, I said those guys should be all-stars. Star Marte. Hey okay. now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Oh, man. What a great singer I am. Uh, and Edwin Diaz. You're an all-star. Hey now. Go play. There you go. Shout out to Smash Mouth for their only hit. Those are your Mets all-stars. <laughs> A couple of nuggets to wrap up the segment. Colin Holderman will be back this week with the team, most likely. AAA rehab scoreless inning after shoulder impingement. Francisco Alvarez, as we, on our web extra, revealed the bobblehead, hit his 17th homer in AA on Saturday. You have to imagine the next two weeks he's going up to AAA. Are you holding that spot now for Mazika Magic? You want more AAA Mazika Magic now that James McCann is back? He's got to get the call up to AAA because you want to see at a higher level what he does mm-hmm. because, I'm sorry, the way James McCann hit is hitting, and it's only a couple games, I get it, since he's been back. But And I know the starters have been good with him. Defense is good. I don't know if I could go on with a catcher hitting 180 when you got a catcher hitting a home run every day in AA. we got to see Alvarez for a few games tease us this season. The issue figure that they have, and it's not money thing anymore, is that they're paying McCann two more years at $12 million a year. It's a lot of money you have committed to a guy who can't hit right now. Yeah, and that wasn't the plan, right? The plan was, oh, once this guy gets his 600 at-bats, if you extrapolate the numbers that he puts up and, you know, 150 at-bats, he's going to be an all-star. It doesn't pan out that way. It usually doesn't work that way. There's a reason why guys are backups. There's a reason why guys that are backups have success offensively in small spurts is because you don't game plan for them. You don't know what their weaknesses are. They Everybody knows what McCann's weaknesses are, and they exploit 
avoid it time and time again. So it's frustrating for McCann, but on the professional side, look, he got paid, right? So now what is his focus? Making sure that he can handle a pitching staff, throw out runners, and do all the little things that make him a viable option, depending on how many days they're going to use him in the platoon with Nito, because both catchers do a great job of calling the game, catch and throw guys. But the offense, secondary, um, if that's what you were really looking for, you would have went after Real Muto, you would have went after you know Salvador Perez and making a trade. That's the thing. Could they when you got a catcher locked in a $24 million more million for two more years? Because that was forecasted that if they gave him the at-bats, he would be able to keep those offensive numbers. They, they, they did not... They're offensive indeed, yes. Yeah, they did not have the foresight to say, uh, what if? And at that time, in the market of catchers, $10 million a year wasn't very, very much. Numbers are better with yeah. McCann behind the plate. And I, I, there are just situations where you have second and third one out and McCann comes up and can't get you that productive out, that sack fly, yep. you know, hit it to the right side, get the run home. It's always a strikeout or, or a pop out, a foul out. So it's early. Let's give him time. And listen, the, he's likable. He's a handsome SOB. I mean, the ladies love McCann and his McCannon. So I get that side of it. So let's see a little bit more, but I hope we see this guy at some point soon. Chris Bassett, like we've been saying, three straight good starts. Another nugget, another chicken nugget. Jeff McNeil will be back. They probably, you know, saved him. They didn't want him on the artificial turf in Miami. He'll be back Tuesday. In the division, some news. Bryce Harper, fractured thumb. I mean, this guy can't catch a break. Another injury for Bryce Harper. Another fallback for the Phillies, who right now are eight games out, 39 and 35. And then otherwise in the division, Figgy, thank you to the Dodgers. Uh, their ninth inning comeback down to their final strike. They tie it up, mm-hmm. and they beat the Braves in 11 innings. And now the Mets are five games up, entering their game against the Astros Tuesday instead of four. So shout out to the Dodgers. Valdez versus Carrasco, Verlander, Walker. Big games, built different. That'll determine it. Can they beat the Astros this week after losing both? Will be big for an off day Thursday and then three against the Rangers. A mini-me five-game homestand at City Field this week. Well, coming up next on Amazing But True, you'll hear from Mets reliever. Unfortunately, struggled Sunday, but has been solid all year. It's New Yorker Adam Adovino joins us next. Hi, this is Mets pitcher Adam Adovino, and you're listening to Amazing But True. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. All right, Amazing But True podcast live from City Field on the field. Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa with Adam Adovino, New Yorker. How does it feel to be back in New York? How are you loving uh, the streets, being back in the city again? I'm happy. I mean, this is what I wanted to happen last offseason. And so far, uh, you know, everything's going the way that I hoped. We're playing good and, um, you know, I'm comfortable here for sure. My question is really easy. The pinstripes or the blue and orange? What feels better on you? I mean, you know, I, originally I was a Yankee fan growing up, but they traded me, so ah. it's now it's the blue and orange for me I now. Like it, I need to know your maybe either top or top three pizza joints in the city. All right, all right, all right. Um, I'm not even going to go with any of the super well-known places that have been recycled the last few years, so <laughs> Smiling Pizza in Park Slope, where I grew up, okay. 9th Street, 7th Avenue. Okay. 
that's one of my spots. Um, Alan Beast from Morning Gardens out in uh, classic out yep. there in deep Brooklyn, and um, you know, then I'll go north of the city a little bit to uh, Johnny's in uh, Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon Johnny's, God, yeah. I hear that all the time. I hear about Johnny's all the time. I'm gonna have to hit that up. That's solid. Well, I'm a Morian in the next exit at City Field. I highly recommend going there. Um, you know, a lot of people are mentioning it, and I think it'd be cool for you a Subway Series World Series. How cool would that be for you as a former Yankee, grew up with the Yankees, and now a Met? Be great. I mean, I, I remember the first Subway Series 2000 and everything that was on the line with that, you know, bragging rights and all that type of stuff. And this year, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, in my head, it might be destiny, so we'll see what happens. I like it. Buck Showalter has been incredible. We love him. Mets fans love him. What has he meant to you, and how has he made you a better player in person? I mean, you know, he's... Uh, He's a funny guy, you know, I think that's number one, like, right out the gate that I, I knew, you see his personality on TV and stuff, but he has a reputation of being a very serious manager or whatever, and certainly is, but at the same time, he brings a lot of humor and uh, kind of keeps it light, you know, when he's talking to the players, and, you know, I appreciate that as an older guy, I mean, I, you know, there's obviously a time to be serious, but it's a long grind, and it's nice when you have a guy who knows that. Who's the funniest guy on the team? Funniest guy on the team. I really think Joely Rodriguez for me. He keeps killing us down in the bullpen. He's been hilarious from day one, and uh, you know he's an awesome guy. What are your memories of Nelson Figueroa on my left? My memories is that he was a good pitcher, obviously a long time. How much are you paying him, Figgy, to but, say that? What is it? But on top of that, you know he came from the same program I did growing up, so we always looked up to him and uh, wanted to be the next one. Shout out to youth service, baby. Yeah, youth service. Yeah. Adam Adovino, thanks for coming on Amazing but True. We're back on Amazing But True. Thanks to Adam Adovino for joining the show from the field at City Field. Your first game of the year. Only caught a couple innings. Congrats to your daughter for graduating. How did that go? That was great. It was great. It was a very nice ceremony out by the water in uh, Weehawken on the football field. And uh, more emotional than I thought I was going to get. Did you cry? Of course. Wow. Of course. She had her grandparents. I mean, you know, I just lost my grandmother. She had her grandparents there. And her grandfather on my wife's side is 94 years old. So, you know, just to see the look on his face he was so proud and smiling and you know like he's been hanging on for big moments and he continues to be there for her and it, it's been really special so she was so happy to see him and and her smile was just huge it was awesome our next uh prop will be a box of kleenex right here we're gonna leave <laughs> on the table for for the future uh it brings you back to your youth as Adam Adovino did. You see what I did there? You service days, which That's makes right. me think like you two were in a choir and sister act. You talk about you service, but as you play in baseball. So as we take it back to your youth days, as you did with Adam Adovino, who remembered you from there, that was nice to hear, and he gave us his pizza list, mm -hmm. which was a very unique list. Shows you he's a true New Yorker, because yep. he named spots that I didn't even know of. So if you can name food I don't know, then you're doing pretty well for yourself <laughs> and keeping yourself in much better shape uh, than me. I went to the gym, though, three times this week. Very proud of that. I just wanted no to throw shot. that out there, made sure that made the show. Went so now three you're, days. Now you're into fitness. So, yes. Now yeah, we'll try and go three more days. Fitness pizza into your mouth. Well, I'm trying to do – I like that. Uh, <laughs> fit this pizza. I'm trying to do four days this week, so we'll see if I make it. Anyways, oh, as we tell stories of our past, you played for the Astros to end your career mm -hmm. for about a year and a not half. Not to end my career. Was, oh, my God. Well, basically it did. Your big league <laughs> career. What, 2010, 2011? Uh-huh. And the Mets play the Astros again this week. They just played in Houston, and now they play at City Field. So give us a Figgy's Fables from your Astros playing days. Oh, good God. I could take this so many different ways. I'll start out with the, the first time being in Houston. So I get there. Phillies had put me on waivers during the All-Star break, tried to sting me through waivers, wanted me to go down to AAA and uh, start getting stretched out to be a starter. They were going to replace one of the guys in the rotation. And then, of course, 
That Thursday, the All-Star game starts up again. Uh, the All-Star game was over, all the ceremonies. That Thursday, we start up baseball, and um, Jimmy Moyer pitches and blows out his knee. Gets hurt, and they say to me, hey, if you clear waivers by tomorrow, you're just going to come right up to the big leagues, and you're going to start in the big leagues with us. And I said, okay, cool. And the next morning, I get a phone call from Ruben Amaro Jr., and he says, hey, um, looks like you did get picked up off waivers, and it's by the Houston Astros. And I'm going from the first-place team in the National League East to the last-place team in the National League Central. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I appreciate the opportunity. Phillies were great to me, great bunch of guys to learn from, a lot of veterans, you know, of course, Roy Halladay there. So I went down to Houston. I get to Houston the first day as soon as I land, I'm in the ball game, and I'm in the ball game late in the ball game. And uh, I think I pitched like the eighth inning, had a scoreless inning. And then the next night, whoever was pitching gets into trouble, and I wind up having to – uh, finish out the game. It wasn't a save situation, but I wound up finishing out the game. I think we were up by four runs with bases loaded, no, nobody out, and I think I struck out like two out of three guys. And it was probably the closest I ever came to like feeling that clo that closer mentality and going out there. And I'm like, oh my god, this is like actually working. And nothing I'm doing differently, but I just struck out a guy with bases loaded. I'm like, this is cool. <laughs> so the roar of the crowd inside a contained place was so loud. It was it was pretty awesome. But this Figgy's fable is going to be a little different. I actually during that season, I had what they thought was a AV malformation in my brain. Um, I was throwing a pitch in Milwaukee, guy hits a home run and everything got really bright and I couldn't, I had a migraine talking about your migraines. I might have an AB bowel <laughs> movement. What is it called? <laughs> AV malformation. LV, yeah. Oh boy, yeah, not Altuve. Academy. <laughs> so, yeah. so I I wind up uh, finishing out the game. I I pitched that inning. I went in. I told them I couldn't. You know, I was having problems with my vision and the sounds and everything. And so they just thought it was a migraine. They gave some migraine medication. I slept. Next day I was playing catch. Felt fine. Told the manager I was good. Of course, second inning starters getting beat up a little bit. I go into the game. Lorenzo Cain's at second. I throw my first pitch with max effort. And the same pop happens where I'm, again, debilitated by noise, lights, everything got really bright. Lorenzo Cain slides in the third, everybody's looking at him, but I'm holding my head, literally my hand in my head, like, oh my God, this thing's killing me. I get out of that inning, through another inning after that, and uh, we flew back home that night. The next day, Monday, I go and see... They send me during the game, they send me to get MRIs, CAT scans and everything. I leave at six o'clock. I don't get home till after midnight. They say everything looks clear, which was again troubling because I had never had migraines or an issue before. The next morning I wake up, they tell me I'm gonna throw a bullpen, I'm gonna go into the rotation. So I said, okay, cool. I get there to throw my bullpen and the pitching coach goes, you've been shut down. And I go, no, 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 I'm, it's clear. At midnight, they told me everything was good. He goes, yeah, well, they passed on all your films and all the, all the tests to the people at Baylor University and they think they see something. And I'm all of a sudden, everything's just like, womp, womp, womp. I can't hear it. My, I'm getting a lump in my throat. I'm like, what's going on? I go in, they set up for more tests, more exams, but they have to do what's called an arteriogram where they go in through my, basically one of the main veins, arteries in your leg, all the way up into your brain, they shoot a dye to see if the AV malformation shows up on the MRI in a, in a better way. So as we're going to do that, they fly my wife down there and they're making it seem very calm. And then like two minutes before I'm getting ready to be wheeled in to do this thing, we're like, so how serious is this? He goes, if it wasn't serious, we wouldn't be doing the procedure. And they're like, well, how much downtime? We're asking how much downtime would it be? And he turns around and he says, we're talking about him staying alive. And that was the last thing before I'm being wheeled in to get this procedure. And I go under, they check. And when he comes back a few hours later, he says to me, the good news is we didn't find anything. He goes, we found the brain. 
but we didn't find what we were looking for. Thank goodness. He goes, it was just the AV malformation was just, you had two pieces that were kind of doubled up where it looked like it was kind of swollen. And I go, so what's still causing these migraines? We don't know. I had a reaction to the dye. I had to stay overnight by myself in the hospital. The next day I went to a neurologist. They checked everything. Don't worry. This story gets better. I go home that, that Thursday after the procedure. I'm allowed to just walk at the stadium. Friday, I'm allowed to ride a bike. Saturday, I'm allowed to jog a little bit. Sunday, I throw a pen. Monday, I'm off. Tuesday, I'm facing the Mets in uh, Houston. And the Mets were the team that originally let me go in 2010 um, and before I went through this whole thing. Anyway, I'm facing Santana and the Mets, and I give up a run. Just so people know, 2010, mm-hmm. and this is in the second half, July, yep. August. This is this is August. This is okay. August now. Mets are out of it, 2010. Mets are out of it. Um, you know, I, I've, it. Got, I've got something to prove because the Mets let me go, and I'm facing Santana. I'm, my goal is to beat Santana. And I go out there, and I give up a run in the first inning. My velocity is the hardest I've ever thrown. I'm sitting at 93 miles an hour, and I have no idea why. It was just the adrenaline rush, and I was on so many medications for everything that I was going through. This is all in the middle of just getting this diagnosis. Yeah. So I, I, wow. I went. I, I went never from, even knew this. You yeah. Never told I, me this. I, I went from breaking news. I went, amazing, I went from a possible like you know brain aneurysm to pitching all in the same week. I'm pitching well. I never forget it because I'm I come out of the game winning. I'm beating Santana and Mark Melanson goes in. And you've heard this part of the story before. Mark Melanson goes in, faces David Wright. David Wright hits a home run as the first batter, ties the game. In the bottom of that inning, I think Santana hit somebody, man on first. Hunter Pence hits a two-run home run. We win 5-3. to After the game, you know, I'm not even a mention in the article or anything like that. But I was like, damn, you know, I I really wanted to beat Santana. I text with him. We're joking around about it, a whole nine yards. The next day, I have breakfast with Melanson at the hotel. And the newspaper article in Houston, this shows you how the media is different. The newspaper article says, Mark Melanson earns first big league victory. Meanwhile, he blew the lead and got bailed out by Hunter Pence. But that was what the headline was on the newspaper. Melanson earns first big league victory. So I fold it up and I give it to Melanson. And I said, keep that for your scrapbook. Because if you were in New York still, because he was a Yankee. I said, if you were in New York still, I go, this would not be the article they wrote. They would have said how you weren't ready for the big leagues and how you blew it and blah, blah, blah. I go, but this is a nice article to keep. And so... Houston was a different element altogether. And I had to get a nerve block at the base of my skull for three months. I had no idea what was going on. And they said the nerve block would wear off in November. And I didn't know what that meant. But I got to sign my first professional guaranteed deal that offseason. And I went back to Houston the next spring training with them in 11 and uh, didn't work out as planned. Your worst season. Had my had my worst season, my least amount of time in the big leagues. But uh, hey, I was guaranteed my after salary the whole this, year. Because of these brain things and bowel, a bowel movement, whatever it's called, al bowel function. Malformation. Malformation happens. Today, you're shut down and your career might be over. Then you're on the field three days later pitching. Well, Farquhar, uh, Farquhar was a guy Farquhar, that. Farquhar, what is it, Shrek? No, no, no. no. Farquhar was a pitcher with the White Sox that it happened to where yes. he that, that he got hit by a ball right in the head he he had a he had a malformation as well and it incapacitated him um for quite some time and so that was it was something that I I don't ever really talk about in my career when I've people, never heard about people it. ask me always about you know things uh, places you played the best this the best that and I totally like blank out that two weeks of like madness of not knowing what the hell was going on with me where I was getting migraines out of nowhere and uh, had to be rush to the hospital and we're talking about, you know, possibly taking radiation pills and, and chemotherapy. And I'm like, what, what, what are we talking about here? I go, I just want to pitch. 
I'm about to go to the doctor because I'm getting migraines out of nowhere. And if I, I've had bowel movement, I haven't had a bowel formation, uh, whatever. Uh, so, damn, that's some serious stuff. Wow, that is a intense figgy fable. Well, well, Houston, I, I thank Houston, the university, uh, Baylor University. The people there were great. Uh, our medical staff took great care of me, and uh, you know, the, it was. It was scary, but you know, and you I had got your best it. season in the midst of all that. With the Astros, you were five and three, three point two two ERA, ten starts, sixty seven innings, and overall that year in two thousand ten, you had a three point two nine ERA, which is your best year career. So yeah. I, was, I it was seven and four. That I year. was old, I was older, wiser, and uh, at the same time, it was uh, it was rejuvenated with uh, that both those teams being in Philadelphia. I think and seeing um, you know just the way that they went about their business and played the game the right way, it was just so different than dealing with the media circus here in New York. Older, wiser, faster, stronger. That's what happens. That's how it goes. Well, I don't know how to move on from that, but coming up next (laughs) on Amazing But True, we'll take a trip to the Cookie Carrasco Spanish Academy as Carlos Carrasco joins us next. Hi, Jake. (laughs) Hola, Jacques. We're here with Cookie Carrasco, Carlos Carrasco, amazing but true. Nelson Figueroa, Jake Brown. All right, teach Cookie. Look, this is the Cookie Spanish Academy. What do we want? To, what is he going to teach you in Spanish? Uh, the first one is uh, car. Uh, carro. Carro. No. <laughs> Chubaca. Carro. Chubaca. Carro. 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 What does that mean? Ugly car. Ugly car. Feral <laughs> That's Cookie. He's killing it this year. Eight and two. Thanks for joining. Uh, yeah. Thank you. So eager. <laughs> I want to get back out there so bad. All right. Thanks to Cookie Carrasco for joining us in the Spanish Academy. The Cookie Carrasco Spanish Academy where he taught me car and railroad. Not car and ugly car. You heard it wrong, Figgy. <laughs> two important forms of transportation are cattle and ferrocarril. Am I right? Neither nor. Senor? That's awful. I heard it wrong. I was too busy laughing. And yes, that is correct. Ferrocarril is a railroad. Railroad. Shout out to them. Not the MTA for their terrible work for me hey, to get to Coney Island on Friday. My goodness, every train shut down and there's no air conditioning underground. Can we get AC underground in the MTA, please? That says goodnight to episode 110 of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Jake and Andrew Hartz for producing the show. By the way, feliz cumpleaños to Mr. Andrew Hartz. That means happy birthday. Yeah. Feliz cumpleaños. Uh, let's move on. I want to know. So I could say it. Feliz Navidad is Christmas. How do you say Why birthday? Christmas. Christmas. My precious Christmas. Christmas. What is birthday? Feliz cumpleaños. Feliz cumpleaños. Cumpleaños. Feliz cumpleaños. Oh, God. Is that it? No. Cumpleaños. No. Um, say it again. That's worse. Cumpleaños. That's even. Cumpleaños. It can't get. Cumpleaños. No. Cumpleaños. Cumpleaños. Años. Feliz cumpleaños. Feliz cumpleaños. Hearts, Andrew. Andrew Hearts. His birthday. Corazón. His, how do you say birthday? Corazón. Hearts. Corazón? Corazones. Corazones. Feliz cumpleaños. Oh God, this is getting worse. Andrew Hearts on Friday. And Catch up on all Day. episodes of Amazing Day But True. Independence. <laughs> oh, God, it's French. Just go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe by clicking the plus sign at the top right corner. Give us a five-star rating in there and write in a nice review. You can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on all on Twitter at Amazing But True. 
at FiggyNY, at Jake Brown Radio. What do we got coming up? Well, that's Nelson Figaro. I'm Jake Brown and Feliz Compleanos, Andrew Hartz, on Friday. We will celebrate at City Field this Why weekend. Why are you Gru from I Minions? Gru! That came up in a commercial uh, during the Peacock TV, and I thought of uh, that voice that I do. Well, Friday is fireworks night on Hart's birthday, so we'll celebrate Hart's birthday with fireworks. Maybe I'll meet the Hart's family, or maybe he'll be too embarrassed to to uh, show them but i would love to meet the hearts that sounds like a bad sitcom on tbs or something <laughs> meet the hearts and then sunday is the post game mr and mrs met dash which as a kid i loved those i feel like but as an adult i'd rather have an actual promotion to add to our palatial studios but looking forward to that series we'll return next monday on the day the independence how do you say it actually for real? The other Independencia. Uh, that unfollowing the Mets three game series. I'm not even going to try that one in Queens against the Rangers. Thanks for tuning in to Amazing But True. We'll see you at City Field all week. And as always, Figgy, let's, let's go, go Mets. Mets. Feliz Amplianos. Amplianos. Independence. Stay. I want to be in the big leagues, not be a rumble pony.